the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. Many thanks to Kevin Bell for getting us on the air tonight. That gravelly voice. A wonder to admire. Hi, everyone. Most of all, thanks to you. Thanks for joining us tonight, taking the time out to make the Bible Live a part of your daily schedule. Appointment radio at its best. Tonight, we're going to continue our way through the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 3. We have just begun this book at the time of evaluation, taking stock of the inventory of how many people they have, their military force, and so on. And we see the children of Israel preparing now to leave Mount Sinai and go to the Promised Land. We'll get to our Wisdom and Worship segment in just a moment. First, I want you to hear from my son, Scott, telling you how you can be a part of our Bible Live ministry team. The Bible Live is an exciting new vision to broadcast the Bible itself to America and the world. First of all, I want to say this is the best show in the world. This program that you put on is just a remarkable program. I don't know if there's any program like it in the U.S., But did you know that you can help put the Bible on the airwaves across America and at the same time receive your own copy of the Bible Live, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation on CD? Convenience is the key for me. The Bible Live has really changed my morning commute. My parents gave me the Bible Live CD collection as a gift before I went away to college. I've grown up reading the Bible, but listening to it and having it available to listen as I study or to listen as I clean my dorm room, has been amazing. Hearing the Bible out loud without the effort or distraction of reading helps me focus on what it actually says. Sophie's voice and reading style really bring out the meaning of the text. I like listening to the CDs while I exercise. For every tax-deductible donation of $100 or more to The Bible Live, our thank you gift to you will be our Bible Live CD set, 62 CDs with a convenient carrying case. Visit our website, www.thebiblelive.com, and donate online today. Together we can bring the Bible live to millions who otherwise may never hear its message. 
And we hope you will go to that website, www.thebiblelive.com. Get to know us a little bit. Hope you might be willing to partner with us. At the same time, pick up that beautiful copy of the Audio Bible, the New Living Translation. Right now, though, let's go to our reading from the Psalms, our Wisdom and Worship segment. We start tonight with Psalm 29, where God reveals His great power in nature, in the world around us. We can trust God to give us both the peace and strength to weather the storms of life. Psalm 29. Give honor to the Lord, you angels. Give honor to the Lord for His glory and strength. Give honor to the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf and Mount Hermon to leap like a young bull. The voice of the Lord strikes with lightning bolts. The voice of the Lord makes the desert quake. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In His temple everyone shouts, Glory! The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. End of reading, Psalm 29. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Welcoming you back now to The Bible Live broadcast. Tonight we're going to begin our reading in the book of Numbers in chapter 3. The people of Israel, about 2 million of them, gathered beneath Mount Sinai. They have been there for over a year. They have celebrated their second Passover. And they have taken a census, a long, tedious project, but it was a very important task as they were counting the number of fighting men to determine the Israel's military strength before entering the promised land. All the preparations are being made for that eventuality, knowing that they must now travel north from Mount Sinai to Canaan, to the promised land, enter in and take the land that had been promised to them long before now. They are looking back to the time of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, this land promised to their forefathers. This has been a heritage of faith that they have received, that that was the land that God had for them. They had left that land over 400 years before. As you remember, Joseph had been sold into Egypt. It turned out to be providential, God governing and guiding that situation to preserve the people of Israel from the great famines that swept the world of that time as they were able to go down into Egypt and find food and safety under the protection of Joseph, who was elevated to second most powerful in the land. Now, over 400 years later, the family of 70 who had moved down to Egypt have multiplied so greatly, as it says in Exodus 1-7, that they became an extremely powerful group of people, close to 2 million people. Now, this is not all Israelites. Remember that there are a great number of Egyptians and even other nationalities that were there in the mix of these two million people. This is a very large campground, bigger than any Boy Scout come together that I've ever known about. The nation of Israel was organized as they camped around the tabernacle, 
For example, the tribes of Issachar, Judah, and Zebulun would move before the tabernacle, approximately 186,000 people in those three tribes. And then tribes on both sides, the north and south side, approximately 150 to 155,000. And then Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, smaller tribes, bringing up the rear with 108,000. So we have all the numbers. They're given to us clearly in the text, the result of the census that was taken. They're organized now by tribes, and they're marching and in their camping. And then in chapter 3, we picked up this section where it begins to tell us about the role of the Levites. This is the tribe of Moses and Aaron. Levi was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. We've already been introduced to the three major branches of the Levitical tribe, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Not all of the Levites were priests, but all of the priests were Levites because the priesthood came from the descendants of Aaron and his lineage. The tribes of Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, these sub-tribes, are the ones who take care of the tabernacle, keep it in good repair, carry the parts in charge of setting it up and maintaining the worship center. And many of the details of the worship process, the priests had great responsibilities, not only in the area of worship, but in public health, judgments of crime and lawsuits and so on. We were just now beginning to read as we ended our last program, our last reading, the descendants of Gershon were described to us. Now we'll hear about Kohath and Merari. And then we'll hear how God redeems the firstborn sons. He had taken the firstborn sons of every Israelite family to serve him. And now there'll be a trade-off as the Levites, this entire tribe, takes over the function of ministering to the people of Israel. On the Bible line. Numbers 327 through 531. Numbers 3. The descendants of Kohath were composed of the clans descended from Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Usiel. There were 8,600 males, one month old or older, among these Kohathite clans. They were responsible for the care of the sanctuary. They were assigned the area south of the tabernacle for their camp. The leader of the Kohathite clans was Elizaphan, son of Usiel. These four clans were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the various utensils used in the sanctuary, the inner curtain, and all the equipment related to their use. Eleazar the priest, Aaron's son, was the chief administrator over all the Levites, with special responsibility for the oversight of the sanctuary. The descendants of Morari were composed of the clans descended from Mali and Mushi. There were 6,200 males, one month old or older, among these Mararite clans. They were assigned the area north of the tabernacle for their camp. The leader of the Merarite clans was Zuriel, son of Abihail. These two clans were responsible for the care of the frames supporting the tabernacle, the crossbars, the pillars, the bases, and all the equipment related to their use. They were also responsible for the posts of the courtyard and all their bases, pegs, and cords. The area in front of the tabernacle, in the east toward the sunrise, was reserved for the tents of Moses and of Aaron and his sons, who had the final responsibility for the sanctuary on behalf of the people of Israel. Anyone other than a priest or Levite who came too near the sanctuary was to be executed. So among the Levite clans counted by Moses and Aaron at the Lord's command, there were 22,000 males one month old or older. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now count all the firstborn sons in Israel who are one month old or older, and register each name. The Levites will be reserved for me as substitutes for the firstborn sons of Israel. I am the Lord. And the Levites' livestock are mine as substitutes for the firstborn livestock of the whole nation of Israel. So Moses counted the firstborn sons of the people of Israel just as the Lord had commanded. 
the total number of firstborn sons who were one month old or older was 22,273. Now the Lord said to Moses, Take the Levites in place of the firstborn sons of the people of Israel, and take the livestock of the Levites as substitutes for the firstborn livestock of the people of Israel. The Levites will be mine. I am the Lord. To redeem the 273 firstborn sons of Israel who are in excess of the number of Levites, collect five pieces of silver for each person, each piece weighing the same as the standard sanctuary shekel. Give the silver to Aaron and his sons as the redemption price for the extra firstborn sons. So Moses collected redemption money for the firstborn sons of Israel who exceeded the number of Levites. The silver collected on behalf of these firstborn sons of Israel came to about 34 pounds in weight, and Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons as the Lord had commanded. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Numbers 4. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take a census of the clans and families of the Korthite division of the Levite tribe. Count all the men between the ages of 30 and 50 who qualify to work in the tabernacle. The duties of the Korthites at the tabernacle will relate to the most sacred objects. When the camp moves, Aaron and his sons must enter the tabernacle first to take down the inner curtain and cover the Ark of the Covenant with it. Then they must cover the inner curtain with fine goatskin leather and the goatskin leather with a dark blue cloth. Finally, they must put the carrying poles of the Ark in place. Next, they must spread a blue cloth over the table where the bread of the presence is displayed and place the dishes, spoons, bowls, cups, and the special bread on the cloth. They must spread a scarlet cloth over that and finally a covering of fine goatskin leather on top of the scarlet cloth. Then they must insert the carrying poles into the table. Next, they must cover the lampstand with a dark blue cloth along with its lamps, lamp snuffers, trays, and special jars of olive oil. The lampstand with its utensils must then be covered with fine goatskin leather and the bundle must be placed on a carrying frame. Aaron and his sons must also spread a dark blue cloth over the gold altar and cover this cloth with a covering of fine goatskin leather. Then they are to attach the carrying poles to the altar. All the remaining utensils of the sanctuary must be wrapped in a dark blue cloth covered with fine goatskin leather and placed on the carrying frame. The ashes must be removed from the altar and the altar must then be covered with a purple cloth. All the altar utensils, the firepans, hooks, shovels, basins, and all the containers are to be placed on the cloth and a covering of fine goatskin leather must be spread over them. Finally, the carrying poles must be put in place. When Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the sacred utensils, the Korthites will come and carry these things to the next destination. But they must not touch the sacred objects, or they will die. So these are the objects of the tabernacle that the Korthites must carry. Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, will be responsible for the oil of the lampstand, the fragrant incense, the daily grain offering, and the anointing oil. In fact, the supervision of the entire tabernacle and everything in it will be Eleazar's responsibility. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Don't let the Korthite clans be destroyed from among the Levites. This is what you must do so they will live and not die when they approach the most sacred objects. Aaron and his sons must always go in with them and assign a specific duty or load to each person. Otherwise, they must not approach the sanctuary and look at the sacred objects for even a moment, or they will die. And the Lord said to Moses, Take a census of the clans and families of the Gershonite division of the tribe of Levi. Count all the men between the ages of 30 and 50 who are eligible to serve in the tabernacle. The duties of the Gershonites will be in the areas of general service and carrying loads. They must carry the curtains of the tabernacle, the tabernacle itself with its coverings, the outer covering of fine goatskin leather, and the curtain for the tabernacle entrance. They are also to carry the curtains for the courtyard walls that surround the tabernacle and altar, the curtain across the courtyard entrance, the necessary cords, 
and all the altar's accessories. The Gershonites are responsible for transporting all these items. Aaron and his sons will direct the Gershonites regarding their duties, whether it involves moving or doing other work. They must assign the Gershonites the loads they are to carry. So these are the duties assigned to the Gershonites at the tabernacle. They will be directly responsible to Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. Now, take a census of the clans and families of the Merorite division of the Levite tribe. Count all the men between the ages of 30 and 50 who are eligible to serve in the tabernacle. Their duties at the tabernacle will consist of carrying loads. They will be required to carry the frames of the tabernacle, the crossbars, the pillars with their bases, the posts for the courtyard walls with their bases, pegs, cords, accessories, and everything else related to their use. You must assign the various loads to each man by name. So these are the duties of the Merorites at the tabernacle. They are directly responsible to Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. So Moses, Aaron, and the other leaders of the community counted the Korathite division by its clans and families. The count included all the men between 30 and 50 years of age who were eligible for service in the tabernacle, and the total number came to 2,750. So this was the total of all those from the Kohathite clans who were eligible to serve at the tabernacle. Moses and Aaron counted them just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. The Gershonite division was also counted by its clans and families. The count included all the men between 30 and 50 years of age who were eligible for service in the tabernacle, and the total number came to 2,630. So this was the total of all those from the Gershonite clans who were eligible to serve at the tabernacle. Moses and Aaron counted them just as the Lord had commanded. The Merorite division was also counted by its clans and families. The count included all the men between 30 and 50 years of age who were eligible for service in the tabernacle, and the total number came to 3,200. So this was the total of all those from the Merorite clans who were eligible for service. Moses and Aaron counted them just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. So Moses, Aaron, and the leaders of Israel counted all the Levites by their clans and families. All the men between 30 and 50 years of age who were eligible for service in the tabernacle and for its transportation numbered 8,580. Each man was assigned his task and told what to carry, just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. And so the census was completed, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Numbers 5. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Command the people of Israel to remove anyone from the camp who has a contagious skin disease or a discharge, or who has been defiled by touching a dead person. This applies to men and women alike. Remove them so they will not defile the camp where I live among you. So the Israelites did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and removed such people from the camp. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give these instructions to the people of Israel. If any of the people, men or women, betray the Lord by doing wrong to another person, they are guilty. They must confess their sin and make full restitution for what they have done, adding a penalty of 20% and returning it to the person who was wronged. But if the person who was wronged is dead, and there are no near relatives to whom restitution can be made, it belongs to the Lord and must be given to the priest, along with a ram for atonement. All the sacred gifts that the Israelites bring to a priest will belong to him. Each priest may keep the sacred donations that he receives. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, Suppose a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to her husband. Suppose she sleeps with another man, but there is no witness since she was not caught in the act. If her husband becomes jealous and suspicious of his wife, even if she has not defiled herself, the husband must bring his wife to the priest with an offering of two quarts of barley flour to be presented on her behalf. Do not mix it with olive oil or frankincense, for it is a jealousy offering, an offering of inquiry to find out if she is guilty. The priest must then present her before the Lord. 
he must take some holy water in a clay jar and mix it with dust from the tabernacle floor. When he has presented her before the Lord, he must unbind her hair and place the offering of inquiry, the jealousy offering, in her hands to determine whether or not her husband's suspicions are justified. The priest will stand before her, holding the jar of bitter water that brings a curse to those who are guilty. The priest will put the woman under oath and say to her, If no other man has slept with you, and you have not defiled yourself by being unfaithful, may you be immune from the effects of this bitter water that causes the curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, and defiled yourself by sleeping with another man, at this point the priest must put the woman under this oath. Then may the people see that the Lord's curse is upon you when he makes you infertile. Now may this water that brings the curse enter your body and make you infertile. And the woman will be required to say, Yes, let it be so. Then the priest will write these curses on a piece of leather and wash them off into the bitter water. He will then make the woman drink the bitter water so it may bring on the curse and cause bitter suffering in cases of guilt. Then the priest will take the jealousy offering from the woman's hand, lift it up before the Lord, and carry it to the altar. He will take a handful as a token portion and burn it on the altar. Then he will require the woman to drink the water. If she has defiled herself by being unfaithful to her husband, the water that brings the curse will cause bitter suffering. She will become infertile, and her name will become a curse word among her people. But if she has not defiled herself and is pure, she will be unharmed and will still be able to have children. This is the ritual law for dealing with jealousy. If a woman defiles herself by being unfaithful to her husband, or if a man is overcome with jealousy and suspicion that his wife has been unfaithful, the husband must present his wife before the Lord, and the priest will apply this entire ritual law to her. The husband will be innocent of any guilt in this matter, but his wife will be held accountable for her sin. End of reading, Numbers 327 through 531. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Rather detailed reading tonight from the book of Numbers. We started in chapter 3, first with a description of these three family groups from the tribe of Levi, the Gershonites, the Korathites, and the Morarites. The Levites were not counted in the census that was taken in chapter 2, the census of the fighting men, 20 years old and older, as they prepared to enter into the promised land. They were not counted in that census. At the time of the first Passover, God instructed every Israelite family to dedicate its firstborn son to him. This was the Passover celebrated there in Egypt. We read about that in Exodus chapter 13. This first son was set apart to assist Moses and Aaron in ministering to the people. That was a temporary measure. And here we see in these passages God chose the men of the tribe of Levi to replace the firstborn sons from every Israelite tribe. They're called Levites. They were set apart to care for the tabernacle, minister to the people, and I mentioned to you earlier, this is the tribe of Moses and Aaron, these two brothers. Aaron and his descendants were appointed to the priesthood. Priests had to belong to the tribe of Levi, but not all the Levites were priests. 
They usually entered their ministerial training for five years at the age of 25, short of an internship. At the age of 30, they were admitted to begin full service. Later on, this became very refined and a very effective system. They rotated the different people in the different functions of the priesthood. Later in the tabernacle, and of course even many, many years later, in the temple duties. So the descendants of Aaron were the priests, and the other Levitical members from these tribes of Gershon, Kohath, and Merari had these different tasks. Notice that this was very important. This was not willy-nilly. These tasks were very clear. The Gershonite tribe cared for the sacred tent. They primarily dealt with the skins and fabrics and curtains. You can see from the, the description of their responsibilities why the Kohathites dealt with the furniture, the furnishings, the utensils, the tools of the tabernacle. And the Mararites, they had to do with the frame and the supporting pillars and posts for the sacred tent and for the curtain that went around the entire area, the structural part of the tabernacle. So we have these three family groups taking care of the details of this most important place. Now, you may wonder, why all of this effort to put together this tent Well, this was central to understand that God was in their midst and that he was central to their existence, to their prosperity, and to their survival. This was all part of the idea of communicating that God must be number one in our individual lives, in our families, and in our society. There's a very important principle that was constantly being reinforced and communicated to the people of Israel. That is the seriousness of sin, how deadly and destructive it was. At the heart and core of this whole process, these beautiful spiritual lessons. And of course, at the same time, we have to remember that the grain and the meat went to help support these uh, Levitical families, the moms and dads and children. So these sacrifices, many of them were to be eaten and enjoyed by the Levites, even as they had this double special meaning, this spiritual meaning. So it is a very complicated process, but once you get it, what a tremendous function these people had ministering to the spiritual needs of the people of Israel. And I suspect even as they went about their task, the Levites were constantly trying to remind the people of God's love and God's power and obedience to him. I'm sure there was a spiritual element to this, a servant-hearted element to being a Levite. Beautiful psalm tonight. Beautiful reminder of God's power, God's presence as we see it in nature all around us and His power that is unleashed in our lives. The awesome power of God. Basically, the great power of God is the power of life. He created life, that great mystery of what makes a person alive in one moment and not in the next. Or not in one moment and then that spark in the moment of conception when life comes into a tiny child. Oh, the great mystery. But God's power of life is at work in us as well now as we come to Him through our relationship with Messiah. Oh, this test of purity, this test of marital faithfulness is really an attempt to reestablish trust in the marital relationship. Look it up. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. 
start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 